Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. This is Asia Tech Podcast. My name is Graham Brown. We are in the ATP studio here in Singapore, joined by a special guest, Radu Palamario. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Graham. It's great to have you here. My pleasure. And we had a long discussion, a fruitful discussion about where your name is from. So for those of you who have watched the uh, the show title or seen it on LinkedIn or iTunes, you are not Indian. For sure. Not. For sure. <laughs> a lot of people do mistake you for Indian. Where are you from originally? Really? I'm from uh, I'm from Eastern Europe. I'm from a place called Romania in Eastern Europe, best known for uh, Dracula, which <laughs> comes from Transylvania, a part of Romania. It doesn't come from Hollywood. It comes from Romania. Yep. And then the second best person in Romania is a lady called Nadia Comaneci, which is the first number 10 in gymnastics in the world. So a lot of people recognize us for this too. And then the third most famous Romanian is a, is a football player called Haji. Haji. So these are the three. He's retired now. Though. He's retired. Yeah. And uh, anything else? Surely there must be some. I'm sure there's a few more you can throw in there. You're doing them a disservice because you've been out of Romania for too long. Um, there's a lot more. So, uh, yeah. for example, Romanian is the second spoken language in Microsoft and Google. So the most, the best, the best hackers in the world tend hey, to be yeah, Romanians. Yeah, that is true. Um, uh, we invented a bunch of stuff. Uh, what else did we do? Typically for all this Olympics in, in mathematics and, and computer science and, and all of that, it tends to be Romanians that win it. Right. Um, and yourself, are you a mathematical gymnast? <laughs> No, <laughs> you're the exception. You're I'm bringing a, the numbers I'm, down. I'm <laughs> yes, I am not in All that right, space. Well, no, well, I, we're going to talk about your space. Obviously, Radu, you are the podcast host for Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. We're going to talk about your podcast journey. We're going to talk about your podcast and your background as well, and what you've learned in that whole process. It's great that you've come in here, and hopefully, I can learn a few things about your journey. Um, you're not a a mathematician. Let's put that on the table. What would you describe yourself as? You've had a, an interesting mixed sort of career. I know a bit of search there as well and supply chain. How do you describe yourself? It's a, it's a good, and it's funny that you mentioned math mathematics because if I am to reflect back, I was actually very good at mathematics to the point where, uh, you know, short story, to the point where I did enter computer science, which was basically the exam was in mathematics and mm. you needed to be very good in mathematics. But then I quit the second year because I realized this way to technical and physics and all this kind of coding stuff was not for me. So I ended up studying psychology in the end and I graduated with psychology. And then kind of my career, if you may, or journey, or it wasn't that planned, but I guess the, the commonality is something to do with consulting. So I started mm. with management, leadership development type of work in, in, the, in the field of soft skills, trainings, coaching, um, uh, I would work with, with the senior leaders in organizations. I would work for a company who would work with senior leaders in organizations around building their talent pipeline and all that kind of stuff. And then I ended up doing... Uh Around human resources, I was also part of a, a company called Monster.com, which basically, uh, as you know, it's kind of like Job Street. They they do um, search, they do databases, they do candidate uh, advertisements. And then about five, six years ago, I ended up with Morgan Phillips, which does headhunting and executive mm -hmm. search, um, uh, which basically is you can call it recruitment, but for senior level uh, senior levels uh, searches, which basically in, means people that run organizations from a couple of hundred millions to billions of dollars. And um, somehow, I, to be fair, at the beginning, I stumbled across supply chain and logistics because I wasn't really an expert in that. But uh, when I started with the company, I kind of uh, focused on that sector a lot. 
And now, five years later, I guess I'm some, I wouldn't call myself an expert. I would call myself someone that knows a little bit more about it than five years ago. Right. Well, there's a common theme there about people. The common thing I would say is about people. The, the other common thing, I guess, is about consulting, for lack mm. of a better word, or um, having kind of that, that helicopter big picture view right. and then being able to somehow extrapolate and maybe make sense of certain commonalities and then help the organizations mm -hmm. find uh, maybe a solution to their problems. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even consulting, even what you you discuss is trying to find those solutions. It's a people challenge. You've got to be passionate about people. And it goes all the way back to psychology, that you realize that you were a psychologist or somebody interested in psychology rather than a psychologist, rather than a mathematician. I was a psychologist, not trained in any way. Not a, I was an academic in BSc psychology with artificial intelligence. So, and actually interesting, like yourself, I started a degree one year dropped it and then started psychology and found out I really, I really like this. I really like people. I'm just curious about you and in the fact that you've ended up doing a podcast. You, and this is a common conversation that we have with podcast hosts is you've got to be really, even though you're a, a subject area expert in supply chain, you've got to be passionate about people. So supply chain and the people who make supply chain logistics work. So how about yourself? I mean, you know, you're the, the kind of guests that you have on your podcast what do you seek out? Are you seeking people who are just really interesting with stories or are you seeking out people who are subject matter experts in supply chain? I think it's, uh, well, I, I, I try to get both uh, if I can. So I try to get interesting stories and people that are experts. But I think it's, the the podcast, for me, I started it, and, and you're right, I'm definitely passionate about people. And I think, you know, human uh, executive search, recruitment, Actually, all businesses are people businesses. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, um, you know, you cannot you cannot win uh, with technology alone. Technology mm. is basically used by people, so you will win in a business because you have the best people. Um, so, coming back to your question with the podcast, I'm trying to get people that are interesting and have interesting stories, and I've ended up having um, a number of typically at, at either founders or CEOs or or leaders of organizations because I like to ask them about where they think the industry is going, but I also like to ask them questions around the people side, mm. which is how do you build an organization, how do you build culture, how do you attract the right people, what type of uh, attributes are they looking for in their leadership teams, so that type of soft elements coupled with the industry elements, then hopefully it makes an interesting mix. And then they also typically have a very interesting story behind, you know, how did they make it or how did they, or what did they learn? Some of them obviously have gone through failures. So that hopefully adds a lot of value to the audience and the feedback that we've been getting so far has been fairly good. So Great. it seems to be going well. Yeah, and I love the fact you, you've picked something quite niche. You've, you've picked supply chain and supply chain logistics as well. You know, why... Why? I guess I'm going to ask a foolish question. That's how do you make that interesting? Because I guess there are people listening and watching who's who's thinking, I, I'm really into HR tech or legal tech, but people aren't interested in hearing about that. And supply chain can be a very dry subject, but it touches everybody's lives. How do you make that interesting such that somebody's going to listen to a 30 minute or a 45 minute episode how, how do you make that work yes and sometimes it's been one hour and a half so um and and it's an excellent question and to be fair with you again five years ago probably if somebody told me something something supply chain i would have known like what what the heck is that what is supply yeah. chain in the first place right um so just to simply explain supply chain for the listeners that may not know about it basically supply chain is is 
um, anything that that has to build a product from the point of building a product to the point of getting it on your in your hands. So if it's an Apple phone, supply chain means from the point of manufacturing that Apple phone, uh, distributing it warehouse to the store to you as a consumer buying that phone. So that is that whole thing is supply chain. So actually, supply chain whilst it's kind of a dry term and you know, mm. it doesn't really connect em connects emotionally to people. Logistics, I mean, what the heck? I mean, you don't really feel like any sort of um, I don't know emotion towards these these terms. But actually, at the, at the, at the backbone, it, it runs everything in our lives, right? Because if there was no supply chain, you wouldn't have food, you wouldn't have drinks, you wouldn't mm. have, you know, anything. So the more I learned about it, the more I became passionate about it. And, um, um, and I was learning a lot. And technology is the underlying foundation for supply chain, right? So you have e-commerce, which is, you know, which is run by a lot of, actually has pushed um, automation, robots, drones, all this kind of stuff that are technology based. And it's about supply chain right because mm. you're buying it online and then it gets delivered to your house um so i've become more and more passionate and linking it back to your question um how do you make this how do you make this interesting for people i think first and foremost the podcast has a very specific audience so i'm yeah. not trying to speak to everybody i don't think our listeners are are uh, actually i know more or less who our listeners are our listeners are people in the industry our listeners mm. are practitioners of the industry or people that are kind of linked to the companies and to, to have some interest in that. And and just also kind of expense, because again, supply chain is very dry. But supply chain means what? So supply chain means people that make stuff and people that move stuff, right? Very simplistically put, right? Mm. I, I'm almost overly sim simplifying it. But making stuff means, you know, your apples, your Electrolux, your Schneider Electrics, people that are building different different uh, products that we buy. People that are moving stuff are who? Are your Grab, they are moving people. Are your, I don't know, DHL, they are a logistics company. Are your e-commerce, which is Lazada, which is a marketplace. So it's fairly, airlines, which is, I don't know, AirAsia or Singapore Airlines. It's fairly broad. I mean, if you mm. think about it, a lot of things are supply chain. A lot Everything. of things. It's just, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Apart it everything, from, but I would. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would even say, if you go into the blockchain, they'll start talking about logistics. <laughs> blockchain, and of course, yeah, of course, of course. It's just that it's just that it doesn't. It you know it, we do not connect to that yeah. term supply chain, but in actuality, it's 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 it has to do. I mean, it's basically moving, making and moving the stuff we use in our lives. Yeah. So when you talk about this stuff, which touches all of our lives, and you're t you're very clear about who your audience is, which is great. Are you unapologetic about? the level of detail you go into because let's say for example we did a podcast about microphones and we were both microphone geeks talking to microphone people we would like really get into the microphones and like you know let's talk about the the shore sm7b's and the pickups on these ones and the cloud lift we're not sort of editing it oh or by the way if you don't know what a dynamic microphone is let me explain we're not sort of having to explain it and edit it down so what kind of level of detail do you get into do you talk about you know, subjects as if it's a, a supply chain guy talking to a supply chain guy at a bar about what they're really passionate about, or are you trying to edit it down, dumb it down even for people like me who don't know supply chain? I mean, this kind of goes back to the point that I myself, I'm not, uh, I mean, I did not study supply chain in school. Mm. I have not worked in a warehouse or on a shipping dock, right? So even to myself, certain things, you know, I'm, I cannot get into that level of detail. So again, as a consultant, I understand big picture, but if you drill me into the details, I would be, be lost, right. right? So 
even if I wanted to, I, I couldn't go too deep in the questions because I myself don't understand certain things, right? Mm. But from a big picture industry perspective, I think I kind of get where the industry is going and I think the, the, the audience kind of gets and also the audience is diverse because somebody from a shipping line, let's say, wouldn't understand the intricacies of, of an airline. Let's just take it as an example, right? So then I wouldn't want to go too much in detail in mm. either of them. But big picture, fundamentally, let's take di digitalization. Fundamentally, every industry in this world is now trying to go digital, right? Get rid of the paper, whether it's a bank, it's a shipping line, it's an airline, right? So then you can talk about specifically in the airline uh, example, how are they doing it, what's the challenges, and maybe a shipping line person would also get something out of it, right? Mm. So I tried to make it specific to the person that I speak to, but to the level that I can understand as a consultant. Right, right. And that probably means that most of the audience would understand it. Not to go into the, what is a you know specific microphone, back to your example, mm. which is a great example. What is a specific microphone used for this? No, we, we, don't, we don't go there, but we talk about trends. Right. So we talk about trends and then there's the human factor, which is kind of the same, right? So, so then uh, again, it's kind of interesting to see how different industries look at the, the human factor in it. And then also, a lot we've gotten a lot of interesting startups that made it so whilst again it is related to either shipping or supply chain or e-commerce or logistics it's very interesting fascinating stories of growth so that if you're an entrepreneur i think you would mm. find interesting to see how they managed to reach top 5000 in inc 5000 right what is that company that grew 75 times in the last mm. three years and how did they do it right so yes it incidentally it is in logistics but does it really matter i mean if you want to build a company i think you can learn a thing or two about uh, about those 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 guys right mm. or from those those people so i try to mix and match not go too too specific but at the same time keep it related to the industry yeah and your role in all of that you're a consultant effectively in your training and a generalist and somebody who's learned psychology about people and the stories of those people in this industry and that's what makes it interesting right rather than going really deep into an engineer's view of microphones you're sort of saying Okay, shipping, air, freight, for example, there are parallels here, and I'll be the one to join the dots. the dots. And that is very valuable, isn't it? Almost like your expertise is being a generalist, if you like, if that makes sense. Be, be jack of all trades. I mean, and it's also, if you look at the type of people that we, we, we interview, because there are other podcasts, and they can go fairly, fairly much in detail, but they typically mm. interview the engineers. Which I'll never go there because I, I, I mean, firstly, I'm out of my depth, right? So I don't like to pretend that I know stuff that I don't know. Um, and secondly, you know, I prefer to stick to the to the sea level because they have that bigger picture yeah. uh, view. So typically, the CEOs will not go so much into the details because they they themselves may not know the details, right? So then, it kind of fits. It kind of fits with the fact that I'm also generalist. So then mm. I can talk to to somebody that's a senior level, but probably I wouldn't talk to the engineer because I would be out of my depth with yeah. the engineer. And you can add quite a lot of value as well because that C-level, you know, CEO or CTO or whatever it is within an airline doesn't have the ability that you have to sit with somebody in last mile logistics, for example. So you're bringing something to the conversation that they're going to learn from as well. Yes. How many episodes are you in now? It's about 35, 40. 35, mm -mm. 40. So what have you learned in that process? You know, think about it to your first ever interview that you did mm -mm. who was that with do you remember or was it just you no <laughs> i remember i remember it, it was uh, 
uh, it was a, a good friend actually, uh, Didier Schneveau. So he was, uh, he was, he, yeah, he's a, uh, he's actually now a consultant. He was the CEO of a large uh, and the chief supply chain officer at the uh, LG, the Korean right. uh, electronics company, and then uh, he was the CEO of a logistics company, and now he's with uh, with uh, one of the largest consulting firms worldwide. Right. So, so he was a friend. So it was, it was, I'm just starting this podcast. Would you be my first guest? The usual. Looking back, listening back, when you listen to yourself at the beginning, 35 in, I mean, f congratulations. You, you've got over the hump. You know, I think a lot of people give up around about six or 10, they lose momentum and so on. 35 is phenomenal. Well done. What do you see difference with yourself, style, what you focus on, what you think is a good podcast now you're 35 in? What have you learned? It's a good question. And, and you know, the, the, the irony was that I probably only started listening to my podcast like 15 podcasts in. Right. So I, I've really... Was I, that I, cringe I, factor? I can't I, I can't listen to myself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like weird. Um, but it's it's also useful because you kind of catch certain patterns and you realize that, okay, maybe I should stop or whatever. I mean, the small things that you, you can realize if you listen to yourself. But I think fundamentally, fundamentally what I've, I've learned is one, keep it natural, conversational mm. and and try to engage as much as I can the audience before the podcast to get the most relevant questions for them. Um, I think a key lesson has been is try to always put the audience first, not myself. So I would have certain curiosities with the mm. person that I would interview, but that doesn't mean that it's the same curiosity as my audience would have. And I would always try to engage them so I get the most interesting questions for them. Mm. Uh, top of mind. Of course, sometimes I'm selfish and I will still ask my question, but you know, uh, I, I always try to think what's the most relevant for the audience and ask them what do they want to ask the, the interviewer. Um, do you think you've become a better interviewer? Yeah, for sure. For How? sure. I mean, yeah, obviously, the questions is one part. Do you think you your style has changed? I think, I mean, obviously at the beginning, you know, I was nervous. I didn't mm. know what I was doing. I mean, it's really, I think it's like anything in life, right? Mm. When you start, you don't really know what you're doing. I think you just need to be crazy enough or, I don't know, just start, right? So yeah. um, for sure, I probably can't even name all the things that I've learned along the way. But now it feels, it feels. I mean, it feels like a good, uh, I always have fun during the podcast. And it, I mean, the nervousness has gone away. Mm. And I think it's, it, I'm able to be quite present with the, with the, with the um, uh, person that I'm interviewing. So I think that is, it is great and adds to the, to the charm. Mm. I, I like what you say there, quite present. And I just had to stop and think about that and think about what you just said. It's quite profound, really, that especially when you're starting in podcasts, we all do it. And for those listening, they'll experience it. That when you go into a podcast or in any interview, interview rather than conversation, right? Or a public presentation. It's very difficult at the beginning to be present. You're always worried about a hundred different things happening and your heart's racing and you know, you're, you're sitting there shaking, looking at, oh, I've got to get to the questions and wait there, I've got a number, question number 12, just shut up with your answer. Let me get to the next question. We're never present, but when you say quite present, that's, that's really interesting, made me think is that actually that's something we need more of, right? And how amazing that really is when you're actually present and having a conversation with somebody rather than an interview and being in that space and listening to what they're saying and really you know, responding to their cues. And if you say something interesting like this, indulging it and going into that rather than saying, quite present, okay, well, I'll cross that one off. Next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what but, did I have on my list? No, okay. Yeah, exactly, no, <laughs> exactly. And I think that's really what it's about, isn't it? To identify what that is. So let's, let's just unpack that a little bit yourself, quite present. 
are you experiencing that more? What's that actually like in your podcast when you're sitting with somebody and you have that moment of awareness? Yeah, no, I think if I'm, because again, I, it's a good question that you've asked and I haven't really reflected on this myself, but probably it's, it's. I mean, especially in the last couple of, I mean, not couple, but in the last maybe tens of podcasts, 10 podcasts, I've been I've been quite, so I always have a list of questions, right? Because mm. it's not totally, um, totally random that I ask people and it doesn't just flow into my mind. So obviously I always, I'm always prepared uh, with, with questions, but is that ability to be able to be present and, and not necessarily follow the script, right? So, I mean, you know, if, like you said, just what just happened, right? Mm. If somebody says something, then you say something else and then it flows from there great right mm. i think it's a it's just um and that being able to pick that up you can only do that if you're there i mean if you're reading from the paper you would have missed it right because you yeah. you, you basically you are there but you're not li really listening to the to the uh, to the person that you're interviewing mm. so i think that's uh, so i think that only comes with practice i i guess mm. it's normal whether you're doing public speaking, where you're doing whatever, when you're learning to play tennis initially, you don't know. When you're learning to drive, right, you you think of all the moves of how to drive. But once you know how to drive, right, you can eat a burger. You can you shouldn't, but you, yeah. you can eat a burger, and you don't think anymore on how do Absolutely. you and what do you press the so because it's it's in you, right. So I think it just comes with practice, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. There's been studies done on that, isn't it? When people are driving, and they you know sometimes I haven't driven for a couple of years because living in Singapore, you don't need to drive, right? Everything's done for you. Um, but I think the last time I drove was about two years ago. So I'm just trying to remember what it was like, but there's those moments when you're driving and you've, you've got in the car, you've left your driveway and you've gone somewhere and you're sort of like five minutes in and thought, actually, I didn't remember the last five minutes, what I've been doing. I, I went through, you know, a junction, I turned, avoided a car and they've actually discovered psychologists, okay? <laughs> psychologists have discovered actually when you're in that zone, you are more alert you are more aware, you're more responsive and eff effectively operating in a higher plane. And um, I think it actually might have been a, a Romanian guy who said that. Um, it's um, it's not a Romanian. high. I, yes, but it's, he's not Romanian. I know who you're referring to. I can't remember. The, it's, it's like, and he, there's a correlation with, I think he calls it bliss, or I don't know how he calls it, that moment where you're fully engrossed in an activity that yeah. you basically everything disappears. I think he was Polish. Um, but um, I might be wrong. But I know Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. Yes, is he yes, Polish? I think he's definitely not Romanian. But uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I, 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 right. yeah, from but there anyway. That area of the world. <laughs> that area. <laughs> I've um, that before. But it's it's true. And isn't isn't that what happens when right. we're with friends, right? Yeah, you're with yeah, friends, yeah. and you're just like, oh my god, three hours have passed, and like, how did it pass, right? Because right. it just feels like it was an instant. But because you're you're in the moment, yeah. right? And it just kind of Flow. flows. Flow. I mean, not it. not wanting to sound anything, but it's it's less, right? So yeah. I mean, you talked about tennis as well. Yeah. Yes. So it's another example. Like you just get into that. There was a famous Romanian tennis player once. Yeah. You come to me, Nastasia, and yeah. Nastasia, There you go. All right, we're getting distracted. Do you do you ever feel like when you do the one and a half hour podcast, or have you gone longer? What's your longest? No, that's probably the longest. Longest. Do you do you ever feel? Oh, this is a bit too informal, or. It's too casual. Do you have sort of a, a barometer yourself? Like I've got to keep it on point or do you feel that if, if it's a good conversation, you, you go down that route? Because people are often wondered when they start a podcast, it's like, how should I do it? Should it be like an interview? Or, you know, should I have all these questions laid out or should I have a beginning, a middle and an end? You know, what, what is your sort of game plan going into a podcast? 
I guess I guess I always have questions about these two things. One, industry. Second, uh, human resources part of things, uh, mm. the people side of things. And then in recent times, so that one hour and a half, I guess it was the exception uh, because it was a very renowned author, professor, and I mean, probably he's the most well-known um, uh, celebrity in supply chain. Uh, he's the dean of MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to catch him and, and ask all the questions that I could. But the feedback that I've been getting from the audience is that typically a good duration is 30 to 45 minutes. Mm. So it's not necessarily, again, thinking from their perspective, I try to, uh, so whilst I would I could speak to the person for hours sometimes, I try to limit it to the duration that I know the audience can digest. Mm. So um, I'm still struggling because sometimes it reaches one hour, but that's what that's on my mind. I try to stick to where, uh, around thirty to forty five minutes, and then depending on the questions, uh, I, I don't really have a middle. I, I it's not very. I mean, yes, I have an introduction. And then list of questions, we start somewhere and then we see or sometimes I jump, sometimes, you know, some other questions come in and then the human resources one, but it's not really structured for me. Right. I mean, more than that, yeah. there is a structure, but not super structured. They're like waypoints, aren't they? Pointers rather than a strict guideline for you. One and a half hours. Fantastic. I think you should go longer. I, don't, I mean, obviously, it's your podcast. You decide, you know your audience. I think people. I think there's, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, to shorten podcasts. And I hear people say, 20 minutes? I don't have 20 minutes in my day to listen to a podcast. Yet, if you were to look at the most popular podcasts in the world, like Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, average three hours, you know, they've gone full on long form. And it's just conversation about whatever they want to talk about. Obviously, that's like quite, you know, with, within certain parameters, within certain guidelines, they're not going to go off and talk about random stuff. But these are three-hour podcasts. So if you're doing an hour and a half, I think if people are really into your subject, then 30 minutes, they might think, Radu, we want more. Come on, you've left us hanging here. So do you, is there any chance of you going longer in future? I'd love to see that. It's it's possible. It's possible, and um, I think there's that's why. I mean, it's it's the the tough part is that also the audience is quite diverse. So, for example, typically the people that would give me the feedback that, that it's it's too long are the senior executives and right. busy people, right? The CEO would not have one hour and a half typically um, to listen to a podcast. So those guys, those persons, guys and girls, um, would want to maybe listen to a 15 byte if they could. Of course, another way to do it is to 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 uh, cut it after the and summary, then yeah. summary yeah. right? So I'm still thinking of what's the best way to do it because yeah. you're right, certain, I mean, especially if you're younger or, you know, in university or, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to do with age, but certain people really want to, to go deeper. So definitely they would prefer and mm. they don't mind the longer version. Mm. So I guess I, I, I don't I don't think I have yet come up with the best formula to address everybody and probably I will never uh, be able to do that. But I'll try to, I'm trying to play with different formats that could mm. address different types of audience. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You've got to experiment, haven't you? There's not one mm. format that works. You've got to try different things and not be afraid to throw it out there. So how do you get your guests? Do you look for people like your big names like the MIT professors or you know do you have a formula for the kind of people you like because there's probably superstars in your space isn't there you know the chief supply officer for I don't know UPS or one of those kind of people who are well-known big names Apple. conference speaker mm -hmm. Apple do you go for those or do you go for a different type of person no I would go for those yeah it's just that um depending on the I think the 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 part the part which is the 
more difficult is the corporate communication side. So basically the only issue that I have faced, I mean, the biggest issue that I typically face is the corporate communication. So there's certain companies that are super strict around their corporate communications yeah. and there's others that... So Apple, they would not talk to external. They would basically, no matter how many invitations Absolutely. you send them, they will not talk to you. So that's the issue with with Apple. Um, whereas, you know, I've, I've had, for example, I've had... Uh, I don't know, board member of D.B. Schenker is uh, not so well known but because they do a lot of B2B, mm. but it's a 17 billion euro company. And I have, I have, I've had on the podcast one of the six board members and there was no approval needed, no nothing, you know, no vetting of the podcast right. once it went, went out. So I would say that it, it, it has to do more with the company and how it's structured than anything else. And right. uh, but now once I've managed to create a certain traction around the podcast, it's enough to invite them. To, sometimes I would have people in common so by now yeah. there's somebody and, and like the, the professor of MIT was actually referred by one of his students. So the fun, the fun part, and I'm sure it happens to you as well, is that now we would get uh, refer, refer, referrals, right? Yeah, and say, hey, yeah. you know, you want to invite this person because it's very interesting and it turns out to be extremely interesting, right? So, and I can interview. And so we, we do that. And sometimes I just cold, I mean, you, you may say cold, but m most of the time I would have at least a few people in common. Mm. And then I say, hey, or your friend was on the podcast. Do you want to come? Or Yeah, that works very well, doesn't it? Well, what do you do if you get somebody on the podcast who says, for example, let's say you get the chief guy from Apple, but they come with conditions. And those conditions are, we want to see all the questions. You sit with my PR guy and they'll be in the studio or wherever you do it. And if you ask a question which we don't like, we're going to say, right, stop. You can't talk about, you know, Samsung or you can't talk about Huawei. Or yes. Or... Um, they say we have full editorial control. How, how do you deal with those? Because, you know, when you get those big names, often they can say, yeah, yeah, right, I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll appear on your podcast. You know, and then they can't because, you know, even though they want to, they've got to go through Marcoms and Marcom says no. Or yeah. they said we, maybe. How do you deal with that? No, I, haven't, I haven't yet been put in that situation. So I think what happens is they would just not agree. So they would not agree to come. Yeah. Um, if they do come and they would, uh, typically I do send them a list of questions before so they have some, some guideline. Um, but if they would, so I've never edited the podcast unless it is, you know, there's some sound or something fell or I mean, yeah. unless there's some weird sound uh, issue. I've never taken much out of a podcast. I mean, actually nothing. I've never taken anything out of a podcast. So the editing that we do is minimal. So I would not agree if somebody puts such conditions, I come, but then I edit, then then I think it's fake and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't mind them specifically. I mean, if we agree on the list of questions, I, I, that I don't necessarily mind because I think it's still valuable for the audience to mm. listen to those people because typically it would be really hard to get to them. And if they do have the constraints from their corporate communications that, okay, just address this type, I think I, I'm okay to respect that. Yeah. Um, but if they would want to edit too much, and, and that, that to me is a little bit off. Yeah, because everything now is just down to what you can get on the website, isn't it? You want that sort of more, that insight that you're not necessarily going to get at a conference or on the website. So what about yourself, Radu, in terms of what you've learned outside of podcasting? So 35 episodes in, what do you think it's done for you as an individual in terms of, you know, your skills or your outlook or where you think you fit in the, the grand scheme of the universe. Has it changed anything for you? Have you learned something from podcasting itself? Loads, loads. I mean, if nothing else, uh, if nothing else, I have learned a lot about the industry, right? So if, 
let's say nobody else learned anything. I have learned so much myself from the guests yeah. that I mean, I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, but the feedback that I've been consistently getting is that it's adding value to a lot of people. So that's the second thing that I'm getting in terms of how to call it. There's a, there's a privilege and a, I'm, I'm grateful that I can help in some ways, right? And I play, can play a part in, I don't know if you want to call it industry, maybe it's too big a word, right? But it hasn't quite been done like this or there's a lot of mm. events, but there's, mm, I haven't seen uh, something in this form yet. Is there, there anybody be. else in your space doing? There are, not in, a, in Asia, I haven't seen. In, right. in, uh, in US, there are. In, right. in US, there are. In Europe, there are. Not exactly at the same level, though. So I haven't quite seen a podcast done at sea level in supply mm. chain. I've seen it done in more specific areas or, you know, uh, but not exactly at sea level. But then again, I mean, I don't know them all, so they might be. Um, so I think that has been a, you know, a great, great thing. And also the visibility and, you know, like yeah. I think you mentioned as well on your website and, you know, people coming to me at conferences and saying, hey, you know, I know you, I've been following your podcast. I had a person in a large, large corporation yesterday, the other day that I met and he was saying that he used my podcast to convince his board that they need to move faster because these startups are beating them. And yeah. so you just imagine cool. this kind of, you know, it's like, wow, it's like. Um, so have you, you now getting recognized as a result? Oh, you the dude that does that podcast yeah and yeah. Uh, is that how does it happen does it you know you get people walk up to you in the street or conferences it or? has happened that as well i oh, mean that was, that, that me was shocking because <laughs> you know I, I always joke that i have the face for radio so right, i mean right, yeah, I, know. I did not expect people to recognize my face right because it's not but uh, it has happened that somebody's uh, recognized you in the street somebody has recognized no me way. actually as i was entering a taxi she was coming out and she's like hey you're the guy from the podcast <laughs> Jesus, all right. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so that has happened. And then, when, yeah, typically when I go to a conference or to an industry right. event, there's quite a few people that I would not know. And then they would come and say, hey, you know, and so I've been what, listening. What, okay, apart from the, you know, I listened to your episode, what, what kind of responses, how, how do people react to you now? What kind of conversations do you have as a result of having done a podcast and they've listened to it? How, how does that sort of affect those conversations in conferences or people you meet at networking events i mean one the key one is they they would know me i mean mm. they would they would know me it, it, it's extremely powerful for your reach right because otherwise i mean let's say that i would stick to to the normal let's say i'm a, i'm sticking to my headhunting business right so then yeah. i'm limited restricted to how many people can you meet right i mean you can meet i don't know 10 a day if you're you know, freak of nature. But podcasts can reach, now we're reaching thousands of people, right? So yeah. it's impossible that you would have the same reach. So I think that has fundamentally changed then. And then you do not control who listens to you. You wouldn't even dream of, you know, sometimes these people that, that are overseas even that, that have reached out to me. A lot of them actually. Mm. So I think the reach is just incredible. is is incredible reach. So I think that fundamentally has changed how many people we reach and how many people know about us. Mm. Obviously, it translates in, in, in some way to business as well. And then, you know, people from the podcast, even if the podcast, I will not monetize it and that's not my intention and I do not want to make money out of the podcast. I want it to be a source of helping the community or the industry find out relevant information. But obviously, we do sell services. We sell executive search, mm. we sell headhunting, we sell consulting, we sell other things. And then people obviously ask us, so what do you do? And, uh, you know, how do you make money, right? Or, mm. And then they end up being our clients as well on the other side. So I think that has been another aspect which it, it has helped. And, you know, I'm just feeling grateful because I have gotten to know people that otherwise is extremely difficult to reach Absolutely, because they wouldn't, yeah. I mean, even let's say that I'm a headhunter. Okay, so if I go to the CEO of X, really large multinational company, I mean, would they really talk to you? 
I don't know if they, they need people to hire, maybe, but even then, right? I mean, it's unlikely. You're, right? you're the same as everybody else. You're like, the same as everybody else. So, door, right? Exactly. So with the podcast, you provide, you're actually giving, giving value to yeah. them, right? Because it's a platform where they address a certain crowd in a different way that they would do. You're actually helping them as well. Right. So is your executive search business related to supply chain? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because people ask, don't they, podcast, how do you make money out of that? <laughs> you don't. And no, I, we, I think at some, people, at some point you can. Yeah. It's just that it, then it's a little bit uh, muddy. It's, it's yeah. muddy because yeah. you're like, you're not inviting for the story, you're inviting to promote them. And I, that, yeah. that I think is a little bit tricky. Yeah, I wouldn't like different model like, entirely. I mean, you've got like Entrepreneur on Fire, like Johnny Dumas, he's got his model. Yet for you and for a lot of people, podcasts are the most powerful business development tool out there. I mean, God forbid, you can't go out and get a meeting with these people, like you say, because there's just hundreds of people knocking on their door on LinkedIn. Yeah, if you go and sit with somebody and say, hey, I want to talk to you and find out a bit more about what you do and find out your, your views and your opinions. And then you sit with them and you have an interview with them or a conversation with them, that is captured forever. That is out there forever. So, you know, whenever somebody thinks of your name, oh, you know Radu? Yeah, I know Radu. We, we did, a, we did a, an interview together. It's there rather than, yeah, we had a coffee at Starbucks. It's like you're forgotten now forever. So and they would the, the beautiful part just to jump in a little bit they wouldn't know. So if you had this, let's say that they're friends, right? X and Y, they're friends, both CEOs, right? So you have coffee with X and then you have coffee with Y. But right. you know how would they know that you had coffee with X and Y? You have a podcast with X. Well, Y might see the podcast and say, "Hey, hi, you you knew you know this guy who happens to be my friend. Well, I trust you because if he trusted you, right? Yeah. So there's there's that association type of connection that also happens, right? Absolutely. So and I think, anyways, it's and it's not even about instant gratification to me at least, right? I'm all, I've always learned along the way. I think being generation, I don't know what I am, generation millennial. I think I actually qualify because I'm only 33, 34. Um, and I used to be instant gratification short term, but I've learned along the way long term, right? It's yeah. about relationship. It's about try to add value first. So all that we are trying to do with the podcast is first and foremost add value. So I'm not first and foremost trying to brand myself. I'm first and foremost trying to add value to the people that are listening, to the people that are coming on the show so that they basically tell the world what they do, their services, their story, and hopefully get some more clients. And then if we benefit out of that, great. But mm. I, I've not tried to, I think there's, it's important also how you do that because if it's too much self-bragging, it also doesn't feel right. Right. Yeah. For some people, it kind of is the only way of doing it, right? Mm. But look what happens to them. I think what you do is bring people on and help them tell their story, right? And that's what people want at the end of the day. Well, you've done 35. What's it going to look like after 100? Are you going to, you know, maybe you don't know the answer. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you're just going to be in the moment and enjoy it. Is there certain things that you want to kind of take it to the next level? I mean, for us here, one thing that I would love to get right is like the video setup, for example. It's something that we're trying to, you know, master. We've got the mics. We've got all that done. We put all the phone panels up. But video's next. So I can kind of see, oh, that's the next step. What about for you? Is is, is you know, are you thinking about another level for supply chain podcast, leaders of supply chain, or are you um, just happy to go with it as it is for the foreseeable future? Mm. There's, a, there's a lot of different permutations. So I, I, I to, be, to be fair, probably the answer is I don't know what's going to happen. Um, definitely we're playing with videos as well. Um, but podcast for us is a kind of a... Well, not even secondary, right? It's like a hobby almost. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, 
it's like what I do apart from my job, <laughs> on top of my job. Right, this is your job. Yeah. Uh, Remind so, yourself. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, you know, obviously, I I, uh, I need to be mindful of that. But uh, I I think there's a way to the ideal way is to integrate and to you know to like you said also, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great idea. You know, put some video into it. Um, create. Uh, I'm thinking of creating an event around it. Um, uh, so. Um, there's several permutations that we can do, but depending also on what type or how much time I will get. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Watch this space. Well, it's been great having you on the show. I'm so glad that you came to the studio as well because we're kind of neighbors. We're in the same city, right? Radu Palomario. And by, by the way, before you go, let's do a shout out to Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. Where do we find it? Um, so you can find it under radopalamaru.com. So mm. that's my that's my uh, website. Or if you can just put in Google, Google "leaders in supply chain," you'll find it there. You find it on Spotify, on iTunes, on I don't know where else my marketing team puts it, but everywhere pretty much. So you can listen it easily. Awesome, yeah. And if you do listen, like leave a rating. Get on iTunes. Get on Spotify, leave a five-star rating, minimum, <laughs> minimum five-star, if you enjoy it. Because I think the, the important thing is, okay, yeah, fine, ratings, it's all a bit of fun, but it helps people discover it. Discovery is really important for podcasts, right? So, you know, there may be somebody on the other side of the world who doesn't know about it yet. So let them discover it. So your five-star review on Radu's podcast will help him get that message out to people who need to hear it. Radu, it's been awesome having you on the show. And... You also have a good radio voice as well. I didn't ask you about that. Where did that come from? I, my mother, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> did she train you as, as a kid? But not everybody has it, right? You've you've got it. You've got it. You don't. There's no sort of public speaking of sorts. I mean, singing. No, 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 no. I'm terrible at singing. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just yeah. Just a natural comes, talent. Comes flaunt it. <laughs> That is Radu Palomario, everybody. Go and check him out on his website. We'll leave all the details in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My Wish pleasure, you Graham. Thank the you best. for the invitation. 35 in. We want to see you maybe in another 35, however long that takes you. Get an update on the story and watch this space. Maybe more good things coming here in Singapore, in Asia. Follow. Leave a, a good review. And reach out as well. You put all, we'll put all your details in there. Maybe people want to contact, connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Yes, with pleasure. Let him know that you are a follower of the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. Radu, thank you so much. My pleasure, Graham. Thank you. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.